keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Catalyst with Terry Ostroviak. In the next hour, Terry and his guests discuss how to accelerate your business success and turn possibility into certainty. So turn up your speakers and hold on. Here's your host of the Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego in the United States. It's morning here in San Diego, but I know that in Europe it's already uh, 1,700 hours or 5 o'clock, we would say. In uh, places like the Middle East um, and South Africa, it would be uh, 1,800 hours, and in New Zealand, Australia, even later than that. Our show today has to do with management tools that make our business lives easier, very simple tools. We will be exploring the practical use of simple, proven methods that translate to a huge bottom-line improvement for small businesses, little things that we could introduce that could make a huge difference for us. Our guest is an American businesswoman currently working in the Netherlands for a large Dutch bank, in fact, the largest bank in the Netherlands. She has practical experience in working with these tools, these management tools, and we'll be discussing them in today's meeting and her experiences. So let's welcome her. Her name is Suzette Nichols. She's a corporate finance person uh, in ABN AMRA Bank, and um, I think you'll enjoy listening to her. Good morning, Suzette. Good morning, Terry. for you. <laughs> we interchange those things constantly. Right. Suzette, um, when we talk about um, making our lives easier in business and talking about management tools, how do you understand that phrase, management tools? Um, let's see. I guess that they just created uh, yeah, an opportunity for me to set my own goals and live up to my own expectations. Right, and I just want to tell the listeners this morning that uh, we worked together uh, for quite a while over the last year. We actually haven't worked for quite a few months now, but uh, we did work together. So, um, of course, I understand a great deal about what Suzette put into into practice, and I really wanted her to talk about that this morning. Suzette, let's talk a little bit about when we talk about setting goals, it's such an old, almost hackneyed phrase that's so well-worn that when people hear about goals, they say, oh, yes, I know what that is. But uh, give, me, give us an idea as to what difference that made and how, you know, how that worked out for you. And I, I, what I'm asking you to do is particularly focus on the time that, it, in fact, it was about this time of the year, I think, last time, last year, when um, you, you, you called me and you said to me, I'm a little bit frustrated. My management haven't created any objectives for the year. We've already gone into January by that stage and you are wondering what you should be focusing on. Do you remember that period? Right, yeah, I do remember that, Terry. Tell us um, what happened there. Well, um, now the, uh, the bank had just introduced what they referred to as smart objectives, and yes. at the end of the year, obviously, we would be appraised on our ability to achieve each one of these, yeah, what they considered objectives. Um, but as you said, um, by the end of Q1, these objectives were not made clear uh, to us, so we were all just kind of doing daily work and not um, knowing exactly what it was that our organization was trying to achieve at the end of the year. Um, was it to increase targets? Was it to get more clients in? Was it to generate additional revenues? Those type of things weren't clear. 
So um, being a result-oriented person, that was a little bit an uncomfortable situation for me. So um, by the introduction of these tools, you and I were able to, yeah, to clarify what, what we thought these goals should be and then introduce them into the organization. Good. So what was the first one that we used there to just start the ball rolling? Um, I believe, Terry, the first one that we used was the one-year plan. Yeah. Um, within a sales organization, and um, there we looked at um, a sort of a, a vision of what should be. So where um, where should we be in terms of, yeah, a sales team, or what should my contribution be within the sales team in terms of reaching these, yeah, said objectives? And then um, an estimation of where we are right now. So where was I as a member of the sales team? What was I um yeah, achieving right now, and where was I going? And more importantly, where was the business today, and where did we think the business should be in one year, and how can I add value there? Right, and what was interesting about the experience was I think that you, you felt as if you'd just been cut adrift in a little boat <clears throat> in, a, in a huge ocean. Right. not sure at that time uh, what was expected of you. And then I said to you, I remember directly I said, why don't you just set your own goals, your own smart objectives? Right. You don't have to sit around and wait for them to do that. Right. That was very powerful. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I really did feel like I was kind of swimming in um, water because I didn't know exactly what was expected of me. So I was also trying to achieve a specific performance rating. So if I thought I was performing at a certain place, moving in one direction, where the organization potentially could have been moving in a complete other organ, um, other direction, I wasn't going to believe to be able to achieve these goals or be able to achieve a specific rating um, there. And so what we did was that we broke them down into smaller pieces, broke the year down into quarterly increments, right. and then to try but to. I think, look, I think the really essential part about it was that you decided that you weren't going to sit around and wait for them to come up with, with objectives. You, were going to, you, you know your department. You knew more or less what it was that they were expecting. Right. And you said to yourself, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this myself. Right. What exactly. Was the, what was the emotional effect of doing that? Freedom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. About feeling that you were totally in control, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that I was in control of what I was able to do. And actually, um, when they did come with the objectives, I was able also to put the highest number for which I thought I could achieve in terms of targets. And as a result of that, everyone was like, "What? wait, if she's able to achieve that, then my numbers can also go up. So because I had already been busy looking at um, what we could do in terms of objectives that triggered a higher performance from everyone else or a higher effort in terms of performance from everyone else on our team. I remember so my manager coming back. Yeah. I remember my manager actually coming back to me and thanking me for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even aware of that myself. But yeah. The interesting thing was you, you wrote the plan and, right. then, uh, and then you presented it to them, didn't you? Yeah. To your manager. Yeah. That took also, um, <laughs> that took also some managing there as well because uh, pr prior to this whole process, uh, my manager and I used to just sit in and have chats about, yeah, Ferraris or yeah, whatever else, what we did in the weekend and what was going to happen in the next weekend, and he had no idea of what I was doing at my desk every day. Um, so what I did is I suddenly introduced an agenda. This is what we're going to talk about, and these are the, the tools for which we're going to be using. And, yeah, so that took also a little bit of adjustment. 
So talk a little bit about that because you, you actually created the agenda for the what you call bilateral discussions with your boss, didn't you? Right. Okay, and uh, whereas before he used to set the agenda. Right, or we didn't have an agenda because we had quite a um, an oh, informal okay. relationship. So right. that was also quite tough. So we never, ever got down to business. So he had no idea what I was doing on a daily basis in terms of working towards his objective. We never got around to that. So by introducing the agenda, it was um, we were able to give more focus on what the business calls for and what my contribution to the business was. And that was so very, way, very it helpful. It sounded like you were managing your, your, your manager. Yeah, we had to do that. That's what he said as well. Okay. And how did those meetings go once you created the agenda for him? Well, he, at first he was a little bit afraid um, because he really uh, enjoyed our talks. So he really liked having a good time with Suzette and having a great laugh with Suzette. He really enjoyed that. So suddenly all that was all gone, and now she's coming in with an agenda, and she has all these papers and all these tools, and she wants to talk structure and, and all these things. So it was a little bit, um, yeah, it took some getting used to. Okay. And what was the effect of that? Um, I mean, once, once you started to run those meetings. Yeah. Then he started to look forward to it. Um, actually, um, in terms, at the end of the year, when we had to finally sit down and do my appraisal, it was very easy for him. He took all the context from each of the tools that we used. He took the context directly from there and was able to very quickly make my, uh, make my appraisal. And at that point, it was a no-brainer because we agreed on what the business objectives were, what my contribution would be, when and where um, I would deliver each one of these things, and we quantified everything. So at the end of the year, yeah, it was very easy for him to give me a high appraisal and a promotion. Now, very often in appraisals, what, uh, what tends to happen is that managers make decisions many times based on rumor yeah. or uh, what they think that uh, people are doing, and right. there you had evidence on a continuing basis yeah. Uh, illustrating exactly what you had accomplished, and every time that you set goals, I think you sat down with him and asked him if these goals fitted in with his higher objectives. Right. We used actually um, another tool. So we began with uh, what I just mentioned. We began with a one-year plan, and yeah. then in order to uh, facilitate this process you just mentioned, um, uh, do you remember we used also the monthly action um, project plan? Yes, And right. there every month we illustrated exactly what I was um, doing, not just towards my targets, but also helping other people to achieve their targets as well. So in, in all, making him look better by helping everyone in our, on our team. In fact, that's how you phrased it, didn't you? You yeah. said to him, this is an opportunity for you to really look good, I think, in some way. Yeah, and that how was you, really you, important for him. That was exactly what you, I said. How did you phrase Oh, exactly like that. Yeah, I just said to him that I, um, actually the senior consultant that I was working with, I told him that for me I felt like my work, my job was to come to work every day and make him look good. So what do I need to do so that he looks good? And this was my focus for the year. All right. Now, prior to us having these discussions and prior to us talking, that wasn't the way that you normally operated, was it? No. So you know what, in a little while we're going to be having a break, and I'd like to go into that. Okay. Talk a, a little bit about the attitudes that came into making this adjustment in your thinking, because it sounds as though it just sort of happened, but it didn't just happen. I think there was a lot of uh, soul-searching that went into the exercise. Right. Um, in a sense, what you were doing is you were taking control of your own life uh, within within a, a very structured environment. I mean, a banking environment is a very structured environment at the best of times. 
and uh, that makes a big difference. So when we come back, I'd like you to uh, just illustrate a little bit more um, about you know what mindsets you you had to create and how you went about doing that. Okay. Uh, creating that mindset. So we'll go into a break now, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, how you went about it. Some of the nitty gritty on it. Some of the examples, maybe. So let's okay. have a break now, and we'll be back. So, folks, stay with us for a while. And, by the way, if you want to call in, this is a good time to be doing it, the second part of our show. Right, let's go to the break now. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. We have our guest with us this morning, Suzette Nichols, from uh, a bank, a very large bank in the Netherlands. And she's talking to us about management tools that she uses that make a huge difference to the way that she operates. And we were talking a moment ago about how she sat down and planned out her agenda uh, and her objectives, her smart objectives for the year, and how writing these things down gave her a feeling of being in control of her life rather than waiting for somebody else to control her life in the business. So the question we're going to deal with right now, Suzette, is... um, how, what sort of attitudes occurred as a result of doing this, and how did you go about handling the situation? What what effect did it have on your on the whole way that you operated, as opposed to what you did prior to that? Um, I guess, um, in a word, it probably gave me focus, um, so right. that I, I knew exactly um, what my manager, what his overall objective was. Um, also, in terms of building these documents, I had to speak with other consultants, other sales consultants, so I had also an idea of what was going on in each one of their portfolios as well. Um, and I, I guess it also gave a, uh, it made me a stronger team player so that I was able to contribute um, because I could see the objectives quite clearly, so I was able to contribute more to the team and also more to the, what the financial objectives of my, my manager was. Right. So in a way, you were you were becoming a kind of guiding light, not only to your manager but also to your team, your other team members, because you you looked as though you were really uh, in control of your life and the way that you needed to handle the job. You got uh, good uh, feedback from your boss, who said uh, that this is the right way to go. That he allowed you to do that and encouraged you to do that. And as you got talking with your colleagues, they started to say, "Well, why shouldn't I do the same thing as well?" So let's talk about the human relations area now. How did you manage to sell this idea to to your manager and and to the people around you? Because you couldn't just go in there marching in there and say, "Well, I'm changing the system in the bank." No. Um, so what did you do to, to to get that accepted? Well, first of all, I put loads and loads of numbers. So um, what the the revenue potential was on each one of the deals um, that I would be working in. So that, of course, was that was happy for him, especially when you add up all the numbers. You can see one big total, so he was uh, quite happy with that. Um, The other thing was that, yes, within the bank, we do have an official format for for running appraisals, and we had the smart objective so that it was very difficult um, uh, in terms of trying to replace the current smart objectives with the tools. Um, that we were using. But what I had to do was just to convince um, my manager at the time that it was more a switch of a mindset 
So it was just for for he and I to just start thinking and start working differently, and he can just use whatever whatever documents he wanted to use. So if he had to use the official documents of the bank, that was fine. But what we needed to do is we needed to make a switch in mindset of what my contribution okay. uh, was. So that that was more more it. And he allowed you to to use your own documentation initially to right. set up this process, right? In order to facilitate our discussions, because this made it very, very clear. Right. It was very, very much focused on your literally your daily work. I mean, there was nothing uh, that was too airy fairy about it. It was no. just a very practical, very objective stuff, right? Right, but also for me, that that doesn't and didn't work very well. So if you just give me just random uh, random targets or you know something like this to achieve, I, I I can't work that way. So I really am something someone that needs it to be also very very clear, and that worked fine for him as well. Great. Yeah. So it, it, it's that's also something that's quite important. It needs to complement the environment. These right. tools. Excellent. Let's talk about that monthly project plan that you worked on. Okay. Um, what did you actually do there? I mean, people can't imagine it on on a radio show, but uh, what 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 sort of document was it? Um, it was kind of a document where you set up. Um, well, it's still from the one year plan. You move it down monthly. So every month, I would um, do certain tasks in order to help me. Uh, on a monthly basis to achieve the yearly objective so that he could see every month that I was busy every month um, and what the day-to-day work I was um, doing within the month in order to help me to achieve these yearly objectives. And every month I would um, give him two documents, one for the coming month of what I was going to do and one for the past month of the things that I had achieved um, and so what deals were closed and what status each of the deals were and who had I incorporated um, in each one of these deals. So who was I working with and who was I dependent on and, and all of these things and also things that I needed his help in in terms of moving forward. So it just gave a, a road map as to where I was in the process every month. So when his manager came to him and asked, hey, how's this deal going and how's this company going, he knew directly because he had it bullet pointed in front of him. Uh, because because of the the, the one-page document. This is really is just a one-page document, isn't it? Right. It was always two, but... Oh, two documents. <laughs> All right. But the, the, but the good thing about it is that... Uh, well, what was the effect? I say the good thing. What was the good thing? What did it have on him? Um, also, it also gave him, um, he started using it also for other people. So then he started because he was um, really good in terms of having um, monthly um, meetings. He had every month a bilateral. Every month or every couple of weeks, he'd have a bilateral with everyone. What is a bilateral? I'm a lateral, bilateral. Word you use there. Right. I'm sorry. The bilateral is a sit-down between he and one other person. So two people, a meeting. So he would sit right. with other sales consultants, and he would structure all of these so-called bilaterals in aligned with these as well. So he also wanted to know from the other sales consultants, what are you working on, where are you, and what can I help you with? How can we get this closed? So just to summarize that and to make it even clearer, what in fact was happening was he, he if, if people were working this way, he didn't have to be the policeman anymore. Right. What he had to do was just simply help you to uh, tell him what it was that you were working on. I think one of the biggest problems or challenges that managers have is that they often don't know exactly what their people are doing and then they become a bit neurotic, even psychotic right. at some stage. 
right. <laughs> they have no idea what's really going on in the organization unless they start asking questions. Right. And the moment managers start asking questions, it sounds like they're being the policeman or the policewoman in the, in the, in the scene. <laughs> and uh, so the, the idea behind it was to, to, to rule it out completely. So if, if a manager knows what his people are doing because they keep on telling him what they're working on and what's important for them, then he feels more secure about what's going on, and he knows exactly what's going on. Right. And that must have helped your relationship with him tremendously. Tremendously, yeah. The, the, actually, the uh, the first step in terms of um, setting an agenda, that, that was a huge um, step forward for us. Because even though we were having a good time and our relationship was getting stronger, my appraisals were not getting stronger. So they were not a reflection of our relationship. I found it a little bit unfair. So the moment that we were able to better structure these discussions, that was already a huge step forward. Wonderful. And you had a lot of fun, <laughs> obviously, sort of feeling as though that you were achieving things the whole time and you had specific objectives to work on. Right. And I think his calls to you also um, probably increased as well because he was suddenly like, I don't know how to handle her. What do I do? She has agendas and all of these things now. Who, who is this person now? So that was also, um, yeah, it was really a switch in mindset more so. That's right. what the tools helped do. Right. What sort of what, what happened attitude-wise for you that, that caused all this uh, Suzette. Um, I'm sorry, you mean prior to or as a result of? Prior, yeah, pri- I, I, I don't do go too deeply into your background, but, uh, but prior to this, uh, being, to operating this way, what, what were you like before that? I think um, it was in, I was ineffective and um, insecure, so, and also trying to live up to other people's goals. Well, if this person's doing this and I'm doing this, then, yeah, it should be equal, Or, but everyone uh, contributes. There, uh, that's the power of a team is that everybody contributes something different, and I wasn't sure what my contribution was supposed to be. It had to be more than these, um, yeah, these fun 30 minutes or hour or hour and a half that, we, that I was having with my manager. My contribution had to be more than that. And um, so I think that that was it. It was a lot of frustration. Um, and also a lot of insecurity. Um, and then prior to these tools, since we had agreed on them and he signed it, it was a contract that we had made, um, so to speak, and he signed it. Um, and we talked about it every month. So then I, I, I knew what I was supposed to be doing, and I knew that the moment that I delivered these that he would be happy so that I was then contributing right. to my team. So, yeah, so that gave me a, a more sense of security and calmed me. Right. Yeah. And you and you were in control of the total situation. It wasn't as though you were just trying to look good the whole time, just no. uh, you know, in the eyes of your manager or in the eyes of your colleagues. It was it was a matter of of saying I'm I'm in control of my life. Talk about that as a quantum leap for a moment. Was there a quantum leap in this exercise? Definitely. As a result of this. Definitely. Um, as I mentioned before, being extremely insecure in my work, but wanting um, to do well. Um, I think the quantum leap for me was that I. I no longer wanted to live up to other people's expectations. So I knew what I was capable of, so I started setting my own expectations. And I think that um, that, that was the biggest uh, quantum leap for me, is that I, yeah, I no longer wanted to live up to what other people expected of me, so that I would set the agenda and I would set right. the objectives. You almost hardly needed any supervision after that because... There was no reason to be supervising you. All you had to do was to let, let your manager know exactly what you were working on, constantly giving him a lot of communication on, on, on what was important and how things were going, um, not, not overly doing it, but at least giving him the information so that he knew exactly where, where, he, 
where you stood and what, what was important for you. We're going to go into another break in a moment. I just want to tell people that after the break, we'll talk about some of the other management tools that were helpful as well. But if you'd like to call in, please feel free to do that. That would be very, very important. Um, uh, all you have to do is to... In fact, that's the best way to do it, is just call into the show. And uh, I'll just give you the number briefly. Now, I'll mention it again later. It's one eight double six two double three seven eight six one. Let's go to the break. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. I hate to say this to many of you. It's a sunny day out here in San Diego. I know many places around the world it's probably raining and cold. But that's the way it is in San Diego. That's what happens most of the time. My guest today is Suzette Nichols. She works in corporate finance. Uh, she's an American businesswoman. Um, and she's talking about management tools, simple management tools that she uses in her job that have made a huge difference to her life. If you'd like to email in, if you, if you would like to do that, you just go to qlcatterry at qlcat.com. And uh, maybe you've got a question that you want to ask Suzette. You could do it by email from overseas or even in here in the United States. Or you could call in at the number that they just mentioned a moment ago, and that would make a difference. So is it talking about these management tools again? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about some of the other tools that you that you may have used. Let's, let's talk about, for instance, time management. What happened to your time management as a result of uh, working on a one-year plan and a monthly project list? Uh, what happened there? How, how was I able to improve? Yes, on the way you managed your time compared oh. to what you used to do previously. Okay, well, that that's um, pretty easy. I just uh, worked worked um, on all the deals that generated the highest revenues <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the sure. ones that would make me get, so run me faster to my target, I focused on all of those first, and then um, the other ones went in the back. Um, no, I no. Just what I said. That in terms of coming to work every day, you're jumping out of bed every single day because you know exactly what it is that you need to do. Um, it just it, yeah, these tools just gave for me extreme amount of focus um, every day, and so that you could use um, your daily work to focus on what you you know what you did the day before because you're of course working on your at the same time working on your monthly um, action plan. So you know what you've done the day before, and you know what you need to um, achieve the, the following day. So it just right. helped to really just give focus on, on everything that you were doing. Okay. You know, and the interesting thing is, I mean, you don't work on any kind of commission at all in a bank, do you? Not in the Netherlands. <laughs> Not in the Netherlands. That's true. And, and, here, and, and yet you were so motivated to make this thing work. How do you explain that? Um, and I'm asking you that from an American perspective now. Right. Well, because it's just for me, um, the results were really clear. So what I needed to do was really, really clear, and that I wanted to um, do the best to make my manager look um, as good as possible. That was that was extremely clear. I needed to um, to contribute together with the rest of the team in order to make our team look um, solid, and that was also really, really important. So for me, the end goal was very, very clear. And yeah, then it's just moving um, forward on that. It's just extreme. You know, I love, I love the way that you say that you wanted to make your manager look good. Yeah. And you said it a couple of times. We, how did you, I mean, where did that thinking come from? You? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> yeah. I think I used to reword that prior to us working on these things. But um, actually, he became more supportive. As we move the focus point towards 
him and um, and his goals, um, he became more supportive in it and less afraid of it. So um, then we had a more transparent relationship. So this wasn't just necessarily about me because yeah, it was more about the bigger. It was about it was about our bank, basically, and it was about our targets and it was about our clients. Um, so I think it took a less. It made it less uh, impersonal. Um, so that it wasn't, because you know, it's not. It wasn't about me. It was more about, about your, Yeah, about your, yeah. your whole positioning statement, though. Your right. whole, the way that you branded yourself. Right. Was not the way that you would have done it previously. No. Make that distinction for a moment. What would no. you have done previously? Um, I would have just been kind of doing my own, uh, doing my own thing, not keeping him, uh, posted. Um, and just, the, yeah, that he and the team and the organization would have been completely running, uh, to the right or looking to the right and I would have been completely running, um, to the left, missing the, the whole, um, objective had we not sat down, um, and first of all tried to draft what I thought the business objectives were and then to work with him. Um, in terms of fine-tuning it. Well, no, Suzette, this is what we're trying to, to achieve. Yeah, this as well, but this for me is more important, these type things. This is what I need from you. This is when you are at your best. This is when I see you. And, and so then it became, yeah, a little bit of project that both he and I could work on. It was sticking to it that made it a little bit different in our relationship. Prior to that, would it be fair to say that a lot of the emphasis in your life and your job would be towards how do, you, how do I look good? Yeah. And, and then you shifted your thinking right. to how can I make my boss and my manager, my supervisor look good. Right. That couldn't have been very easy for you. How did you manage to do that? Well, just what I mentioned before was that I didn't have, let's say, a thing. You know, I didn't have a, uh, uh, to, uh, for lack of a better term, a groove. So I didn't have this, this thing that brought me to work um, every day. So I was fueled on basically insecurity. But the moment that we were able to slice out a certain part of the pie um, for me and that I knew what I could work for and I felt like a bigger piece of something, um, then I think that that was um, a big shift in the paradigm. Would it be true to say as well that the more confident you became of yourself, the less you had to worry about how you looked? Right. And, and the more you were able to shift the focus onto other people and take an interest in what they were doing. Yeah. So a lack of confidence very often causes us to be thinking about ourselves the whole time. Right. When we do have more confidence. We then have the freedom to say, I wonder what they think, or I wonder how I could be helpful to them. Right. Okay. But it also, you're, um, in terms of insecurity, you're more strangled by the process. And when you right. free yourself from that, you can step back and see a, a bigger picture so you can be extra eyes to other people. And that, that was also um, an aha in the process um, as well. Excellent. Yeah. Let's talk about, it, uh, about, about using tools like this in relation to smaller businesses. How could they be translated into a one- or two-person operation, let's say, in a small, really small businesses, micro-businesses even? Yeah, I, I think it would, um, in terms of yeah, words that come to mind are empowerment um, and partnership. Um, I think, um, yeah. A word. Very good, yeah. yeah. The word partnership is great. Right. It's almost like looking at people that work with us as partners, as, right. as, as other adults in, in the process rather than children that need to be supervised the whole time. Right, and also and that... Access, accessing their creativity because this whole exercise that you did was all about accessing your creativity and your energy and your intuition. Right, and also, um, yeah, just that you, you feel that you're valued. 
So I think if you're working um, with a, a small group of people or managing um, a small group of people or you own a small um, a smaller business, I think that you that um, by the use of these tools and allowing people to access their own um, objectives or sharing what your objectives are, you that you kind of get a sense of that you're more valued um, within a, an organization, big or small. These are just yeah fundamental uh, benefits. Because even though we're inside of a big organization, we were quite a small team. Yes, excellent. So, really, the point that I that, that I want to make this morning about uh, this exercise is that for, for managers who who run small businesses and feel they have to have a finger on the pulse the whole time, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we have one or two employees, and it, we could find out we could we could find out what it is that they care about find out what some of their objectives might be in relation to the goal. For instance, I remember many years ago in South Africa, there was a man that I worked with. Um, he, he was in the map-making business. He had a small business and he had a few drafts people, and they would make maps, especially when things were changing in South Africa. And I remember him saying that one day he went along to some of the younger people in his organization and said to them, what sort, of, what sort of things would you like out of this job? What would be helpful? And what he discovered was that most of the people were looking for time off from their jobs. Now, he could have been upset about that. He said, well, why couldn't the eight hours or nine hours that you're working on the job be the most exciting part of your, of your week or of your, certainly of your day? Why do you have to, at 5 o'clock, go off and go and look for something that you really want to do? But that was the reality with a lot of young people. And so instead of giving them just additional money, which they said they weren't really looking for, they were looking for if they, if they worked hard and achieved certain objectives and put in extra time, that they would get time off. So he changed the whole structure, kind of more flexi-time type arrangement with them, and apparently that made a huge difference. Right. So sometimes just little insights like that, call them also management tools, make a difference. Um, there are people uh, that want to ask more questions or want to know more about these management tools, please go to my website, uh, which is qlcats.com, or send me an email at terry at qlcats.com. That's QL for leap, Q for quantum, L for leap, and cat for catalyst. I am the quantum leap catalyst. So right into that address. In fact, you can get a contact form right off my website, and uh, send in the questions, and I'll be happy to work with you. Even give you a little bit of free coaching if that's something that would be helpful to you. So when we come back, we'll wrap up the various tools that we use. I just want to talk a little bit about coaching after the break as well. Quantum leap coaching, Suzette, if you just think about that. And we'll come back after the break. We'll talk more about that in the final part of the show. Let's go to the break. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last part of our show today, the fourth quarter of it. Um, we're talking about management tools that can make a huge difference to our bottom line and uh, also very much to the fun and the life that we have in a business becomes a lot easier. Our guest is an American businesswoman currently working in the Netherlands for a large Dutch bank, and she's actually been through a process using these simple management tools made a huge difference to her. Suzette, when we talk about management tools, maybe one of the management tools that we use was just the idea of coaching. A lot of people don't actually know what coaching is. What was coaching for you? How does it work um, no, as it a was, management tool? Yeah. Right. Um, with coaching, again, um, I, I was able to set the agenda 
for things uh, for which that I wanted to uh, to discuss, so areas that I thought that I needed to improve or, um, yeah, let's say um, issues for which I ran into um, during the day. And, yeah, do, I, I think that coaching was most helpful when I was most open. So the more information my coach had, then the more that he could guide me. So it was almost like he was here in our organization every day. And okay, I think that that, that well, we didn't talk every day. We only just talked once a week. Uh, no, no, we did talk um, once a week. But on the agenda that I would make, I would uh, discuss things for which happened during the week. Right. So, um, so you were quite aware of what was going on um, within our organization every oh, day. Oh, that's what you mean. You mean on a daily basis, you felt as though you had an agenda that you were working on, right? On the coaching, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then I could always call you, even if we had an official call once a week. I, I could, I yeah. could always call you. Great, and you did that uh, on, on quite a few occasions. Right, <laughs> which was perfect. Right, <laughs> and that made a difference. What, what, what kind of? I mean, how did that help you? Um, well, I, I think one thing that I appreciate you did is that um, you asked a lot of questions, so that you didn't always try to give advice because um, you're not a psychiatrist. So um, you often ask a lot of questions, and um, it also instilled a great deal of patience for me. So at the beginning of the um, the end was the end, and so you didn't you never started at the end. So at the beginning we would talk through the process step by step by step by step, and oftentimes I thought, no, he's not getting it, he's not understanding what I'm saying, and then finally, always the last couple of minutes, aha! But I had to um, uncover it always for myself, so that you never gave it away. We, the, every hour was a process, so a beginning, and then there was a middle, and then there was an end. Oh, I see. Yeah. Good. And yeah. that was very right. helpful. Right. And, in fact, uh, it was a very adult process because right. we were a couple of colleagues talking rather than me trying to pretend I'm your, your dad or uh, your manager or something like that. It was right. a real adult-to-adult type process. Let's talk about quantum leap for a moment um, as an exercise over there. Do you remember at one time... You decided that once you were able to make these jumps and you could control things, you started to talk to some of the people in your team. What was mm-hmm. that all about? Um, what I started to do was um, to try to help other people um, to see the process for which I come. So what the bank um, did at the same time, coincidentally, is that they introduced a high-performance culture. And um, But a lot of people didn't understand what high performance meant. Um, so, again, everybody was running around doing what they thought was high performance and, and, and these type of things. So together, you and I were able to just put some fundamental things down so that people can also identify for themselves what they thought um, high performance was in terms of what our objectives were in the team. Um, so we opened additional windows for other people. I remember also that... Um, Questions, what did you do? Um, yeah, we opened, we had an open floor session, me and a couple of colleagues. We had a couple of coaching sessions from you. And we right. uh, came together um, on an open floor session for which we uh, invited all of the sales consultants to come and to see how it is that we could um, achieve our target, which had yeah, increased dramatically, so that they would come with ideas for themselves on how, um, so that it wasn't our managers telling them what they needed to do, but we created a, a floor where they for themselves could decide what it is they wanted to do in terms of contributing. So we turned the process from being... Uh, top down to bottom up. So from yeah, 
from you from your level and with all your colleagues, you actually came up with an idea how you could be more helpful to the bank. And yeah. it wasn't even initiated by the management. It was initiated by people uh, on, on the sales floor. You know right, and that, that also made our manager look good as well because that was Martin, uh, you know, that was this guy's um, yeah. team doing this. His team was doing this. And then right. he could go to his manager and say, my team came up with this list of objectives. This is our contribution um, to um, to your targets. And did that make a difference? Yeah. That made a huge, um, huge difference for everyone. Then everyone could see that they were uh, responsible for creating the work environment that they wanted to work in. Oh, wonderful. And in, in a Dutch environment, I mean, you're an American in, in a Dutch environment. How did... How did people uh, respond to that, taking that kind of initiative? I'm not saying that they wouldn't normally do it, but it's unusual in a sense that somebody would do something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I think and also... that's business climate. Exactly. We had to go to each one, uh, each person one by one and little by yeah. little get buy-in. And then once um, once the majority was okay with this with this approach, then we could send out an email because then they could filter to everyone else that it wasn't a threat or a trick or right. or anything like that. So we went to each of the more senior people in the team to get right. buy-in first and then ask them for their support um, and that we needed them in order to pull this through so that it wasn't right. just us, that we needed them um, to pull this through as well. So once we had their support, then we could send out and invite everyone else. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, that really is an amazing, an amazing breakthrough. In fact, when we talk about quantum leaps, um, you, in a sense, became the catalyst, creating the quantum leaps with your colleagues, making them understand how the process works, and using these simple management tools uh, to get to get this done. It really wasn't that complicated. It was fairly easy. It just, I think, I think the essence that we sum up today's meeting has to do more with a change of attitude than anything else—an attitude of believing that my, my function in the bank is to find what, in my job, in fact, is to find ways how I can make my manager look good, find out what his objectives are, find out what his goals are, and align my objectives with the bank's objectives and my manager's objectives, rather than wait for him to, or her to come and tell you exactly what their objectives are. Right. So by taking that initiative, you felt as though you were totally in control. That's really what we've been talking about today. Right. And also um, very much is the culture, because if he were not open um, yes. to any of this or accepting or willing to do the mind change, then it wouldn't have um, happened. So um, right. I think he, probably more than me, was catalyst because he gave the leverage uh, for it. Because if he were close to it, then it wouldn't have happened. And also the senior salesperson that I worked with as well, he also tried to um, to support it um, as well and was very successful in terms of other people, other senior people in the team. So it's really a mindset. It ha There has to be openness um, to this approach in the team. Right. Yeah. So they, they allowed you to do that. And you had to, you had to sell those ideas. It wasn't a matter of just marching in there and saying, this is what I'm going to do. I think you did a wonderful job, Suzette, in, 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 in a sense, um, allowing your managers to operate in a different way with you, very adult kind of culture. And as a result of that, I just want to mention, I mean, you just finished your MBA degree this week. You graduated mm. on the 16th. Okay. I mean, that in itself is a whole story, how you how you managed to, to, to get through that when at the beginning of our coaching session, I mean, that was a far-off dream that we never thought would ever happen, and yet you made it happen. Yeah, and those guys so supported I'm me a lot in that, that as well. Right. I've got one minute to go, a couple of minutes just to... 
everything. Next week we have a very interesting guest. Uh, he runs a small business administration called um, the Chief Financial Officers. Just like we talked about management tools today, this gentleman from Chief Financial Officers is Robert Hands, and he's going to talk about how we can make small business administration simple and easy. A lot of people in small businesses just don't know how to handle the financial systems. They can do the sales part. They can manage the business okay. But the simple administration functions become a real problem, and he's a specialist in that area and could really help small businesses. So I look forward to him next Monday uh, for this hour, 8 o'clock in San Diego, 5 o'clock in uh, Europe, and 6 o'clock in, the, in South Africa and in uh, the Middle East and a day later, minus three hours in New Zealand and Australia. So we're going to the close now. Thank you very much, Suzette. Thank you, Because you did a wonderful Terry. job in expressing what happened. Really enjoyed having you. Thank Until you. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks Bye-bye. for listening.